morning, church. How's everybody doing this morning? Everybody doing all right? Yes, awesome. Well, um, as you may have noticed, I am not Pastor Kyle Brownlee. Um, my muscles are just a little bit smaller, but that's all right. Um, but uh, my name is Aaron Rosario, and I'm super excited. We're jumping into um, a series called Sizzling Summer. We kicked it off last week with a friend from Fort Wayne, Pastor Kyle Mills, and I get the honor and privilege of bringing the word here today. Um, so guys, before we kick off and jump in, I just kind of wanted to bring our attention to the fact that that uh, my wife and I serve every single week with our youth here um, at Experience Church. And uh, ex-youth, we absolutely love them. Uh, and it's crazy all at the same time. But we're gonna be taking a group of about 56 of us, leaders and students, down to summer camp this next weekend. And it's gonna be something that's gonna be absolutely incredible. It's one of those marking moments in your life where we get to get away and it's, it's absolutely incredible that our students actually turn their phones in. So they hand them in to us. They don't have them for the whole week. And it's ridiculous because it's like, we're gonna die without our phones. And then they make it and it's like, great. You know, they're like, oh my gosh, I actually made friends. So I'm like, that's cool. But we're gonna go down and it's gonna be an amazing encounter uh, where we get to get together with a lot of other uh, youth groups and stuff across the region. But it, it's a place where we get to get back to the basics of our faith. Just get away from the distractions and all of the other things and just connect or reconnect with God. So we're, we're really excited about what's coming up, uh, about going down to summer camp. And uh, that's just a little bit uh, about us. Um, so before we jump in the message, one last thing is I wanna look in the camera and welcome all of those who are joining from uh, maybe our jail campus, from CCNO, the Correction Center of Northwest Ohio, or if you're joining for maybe uh, one of the 400 locations across uh, the nation where we get to stream our services into different prisons um, and they get to take in the message or even from the country of Belize, uh, Belize Central Prison. Um, we believe in you and we know that God is not finished with you yet. So come on, church, help me welcome all of those who are tuning in. And I also want to welcome those who are joining us online, um, maybe here in Defiance or somewhere else. But uh, my wife and I returned to our home last night, and I learned something. I, I ran into a couple people that were walking um, on the sidewalk, and we started talking with them. And they were like, hey, we recognize you. And it came to find out one of the ladies was from Tokyo, Japan. She's been tuning in over the last two years faithfully to experience church. And she's like, hey, I'm a part of the church family, and I'm just excited to be visiting for a month because. I get to get in the house. So church, it's just incredible. We don't know who's tuning in and from where, but God is doing some incredible and amazing things. So welcome all those online as well. And hey, as we jump into the message, the title of my message today is Back to Basics. Okay, so it's, it's back to basics, and I want to share a little bit about this message. It's just simply something that the Lord has been sharing um, and putting on my heart in my own personal time with the Lord. It's something that I've been walking through and something that I'm currently walking through, and it's just something that I wanted to maybe afford the opportunity uh, for, for our church to be able to just kind of see what God's been doing in me. And what I believe that God wants to continue doing and reminding us here in the church and in every season of life, it seems like there are new beginnings and fresh starts. And when we, we walk into some of these new beginnings and fresh starts, we, we usually focus on the mechanics or, or the basics, you could say. 
And sometimes it could look like maybe um, a new sports team or a new school for some of the kids or for some of the parents with the kids and all those things. It can, can be some of these new things. Or maybe it's like a new house or a new vehicle or, or maybe it's a new job or a new promotion. There's, there's all of these things that we start walking into and it's just a fresh start. And it's a fresh season. And oftentimes what we do going into these seasons is we do a little bit of the prep work, right? We ask some of the questions and we're up on communication and we understand when we need to be there and if there's anything that we needed to do beforehand to get ready for this moment. And I believe that the Lord is just kind of prompting us that there can be even distractions along the way that as we start getting familiar and comfortable with the seasons and the things that we're in that that we can tend to, I don't know if you guys are anything like me, but you can tend to start coming just a little bit later <laughs> and maybe preparing just a little bit less or maybe your communication isn't quite what it used to be because you just kind of know what to expect or you're getting a little familiar with the situation or the season that you're in and I know what it takes and I don't have to come early because I know they're gonna start five minutes late anyway so I could just come late, you know, or whatever it is but we start getting familiar and we, we start to stray away from some of the basics and and I think that this is something that, um, I mean, I, I hope anybody in here can relate with because I find myself in, in, in rhythms where I'm like, you know what, I'm, I'm just not quite as prepared as I once was. I'm not quite focused like I used to be and I realize that I'm starting to drift and, and as I was telling this to first service, I'm like, I know second service is full of the real people. Like, yeah, we can relate. We can relate to that. But first service needs a little prayer, guys. They weren't willing to, to admit. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. But, um, but guys, we're just gonna be jumping into this topic and I wanna take us to our main text of Back to the Basics. But our main text is found in Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40. And Jesus is asked, what is the greatest commandment? And, and this is what, what he says in 37. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor. Look to somebody that you came with and say, you gotta love me. <laughs> Look to the other person and just say, hey, you're my neighbor. He's saying, you, you gotta love your neighbor as yourself. And it says, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Love God and love your neighbor. You know, and, and as I uh, was thinking about this and as, as the Lord has been kind of taking me on this journey for a little while now uh, of just getting back to the basics, I was thinking about a story when I was in college. Uh, I had a few friends and we loved to play sports, soccer, football, basketball, but we would go to the rec center and we would play basketball. And, and we went there and there was this one particular court and this was like the king's court. Uh, everybody knew that the team that was on the court, they pretty much ran it. And if you, if you beat them, you could keep going, but if you lost, uh, that's almost a bad word nowadays to lose. Uh, but if you lost, you had to get off the court and you had to wait probably like five, six, seven games sometimes before you could get back in and try and prove yourself all over. And I remember we went out there and I had a few friends and our tallest, our tallest guy was, was like 5'10". So not, not overly tall for basketball. But then the smallest guy was like 5'5". And I'm like, I know I'm not too much taller than you, but bro, like you're bringing us down by a whole like three inches at least. Like you gotta, you gotta do something. Wear some taller shoes, I don't know. But how many know like as we're walking out on the court, we're watching the other teams and, and these guys are having like dunk contests in between games. Like as, as we're about to start, they're having like dunk contests and we're like, okay, 
we're just gonna have to stick to the basics, okay? We can't dunk, we can't do anything too fancy. We're just gonna have to hit the open man, take the easy shots, and about, uh, before I knew it, we were up 15 to seven. And, and it was like, what in the world is going on? I know everybody on the sidelines was like, what's going on? Like, this is a David versus Goliath, a Cinderella story. Like, what is going on? How are these guys winning? And, and so we, we get through, and by the time the other team had decided, okay, we're gonna get back to the basics, just the fundamentals, like pass the ball, uh, and hit the open buckets, take the easy shots. Like, by the time they got to that point and made those decisions, it was already too late. You know, so, so we got to brag. They, they walk off the court, and we, we're still standing there. And then the next game, we just got demolished, and we didn't win again. Uh, but we were like, hey, we can leave the wreck. Heads held high. We won one. We lost four. But we beat those guys, you know? And it, and it was something that was like, hey, had you just stuck to the basics, you guys could have completely destroyed us. But it was one of those things that, that I believe that the enemy will bring distractions in our lives, and, and he'll bring simple things. And, and as we get into the, the thick of summer, there's sports schedules, right? There's cookouts and family reunions. And, and there's vacations that are coming and going and going to the lake and, and just doing all of these things. And they come and go. And sometimes these distractions don't seem like much. But, but as we look back, we can start to notice that maybe I've drifted a bit from where I once was. Where, where my relationship with God or, or maybe, you know what, I'm, I'm just realizing that I'm not making family and church the priority that it used to be. Or, or maybe I'm, I'm realizing that I'm, I'm not making my time in the word of God a priority like it used to be because some of these distractions have just started filling up my time. And it's not that any of these things are wrong. It's not that any of these things are bad in and of themselves but as we look back, I just feel like the Lord has been reminding me, hey, let's just get back to basics. Let's get back to the simple things of, of you know, making time and setting time aside for regular worship and prayer in our daily life. Of saying that, yes, these are good things and these are pursuits, but, but don't let them take the place of what's most important. And, and, and so I, I just feel like as we're going to jump into um, eventually some things that I feel like the Lord is calling us back to, I thought it was very important that we talk about some of the distractions even that the enemy likes to put in our path. Now, this isn't an exhaustive list, and it's not the only things. These are just simply a couple things that I feel like I see and that are common in our lives and in my life that... Hopefully it can just kind of highlight something and say, you know what, maybe that's not the issue. Maybe that's not the thing that I've, I've been struggling with, but I, I know something else that's been taking my time. I know something else that's been drawing me away from some of the basics. And, and the first, if you're taking notes, the first distraction that I feel like uh, was highlighted to me was um, the distraction of if I could just... Now, I know that may drive some of us crazy in here. That's not a full sentence. That's not a complete thought. <laughs> but if I could just have more, if I could just acquire more, like, like if I could just get this or if I could just pursue that, like then my life would be more complete. Then I would feel like, you know what, my purpose would, would um, just unravel so much more because I have to get there in order for it to happen. But these are the distractions that the enemy put in front of us that, that all of a sudden it can lead us down paths of pursuing certain things. And I love how even Pastor Kyle and around here we say a lot of times like sin and even these distractions, they overpromise but underdeliver. 
that, that we're, we're stuck sometimes and I find myself sometimes chasing the horizon only to realize what used to be on the horizon. Now as I'm at that point, I see that I'm still not any closer to the horizon than when I started. I'm still kind of left a little bit empty and a little bit of this desire and longing for something else, even though I've attempted to fill that gap. And, and I believe that, you know, I have just a, a little bit of help here. I got a, a bag full of things and hopefully you can relate here, but, but sometimes it can be the distractions of if I just had the right relationship. Come on, somebody. Ring pops are coming back. Some, if somebody needs this, like, you can see me afterwards. But um, if I could just get the right relationship, then maybe, maybe my life would be better. If I just had the right person in my life, then I would feel like my purpose could be more complete or more fulfilled. Or I could know what my purpose is if I get the person. And it's something that as we can chase relationships and friendships, and sometimes they can come and go. But... These are not the things that are meant to define our lives. And, and, and I feel like, you know, there, there can be some other things like, you know what, maybe if I just, if I had the house, right? If I had the right house, like I want my house to look like this one day, y'all. No, but if, if I just, if I could get the right house, if I had that house, then people would see me differently. Then maybe I would fit in a little bit more because now I got hashtag homeowner problems and I got all these projects and, you know, I fit in. Like, like people understand me. If I had the house, people might value me more than what they do now. What else we got in here? Like maybe if I just had, you know, like the right job, you know, or, or the right promotion. You know, if I just had the right job, then, then people would respect me. If I had the right job, then you know what, maybe I'd make a little bit more money and my problems would just go away because I'd have more money. You know, and these pursuits that, that the enemy tries to distract us with at times, or, or maybe it's like, you know what, if I, if I had the right vehicle, if I had the right car, come on somebody, a low rider with rims, let's go. If I just had the right car, then people would think I'm cool. Or uh, if you're anything like me, because this was, this was real, uh, I had to drive and show up like 30 minutes early because I didn't want anybody to hear how loud my car was because hashtag muffler problems. Um, and, and, and it was like, you know what? Sometimes the door opens, like this door opens, but sometimes my door would open and sometimes it wouldn't. So I was like, I gotta get there 30 minutes early so nobody sees me struggling with my car or hears it. And I would have to leave 30 minutes late because I'm like, then I know everybody's gone and if my car doesn't start, it won't be embarrassing because it's just me. And I already know what to expect, but if I could have the right car, then maybe my status would be elevated. Then, then maybe people would think like, like hey, maybe I'm, I'm cool and, I, and I got, I've got it going on. I, I've got the right things in my life. And, and with this distraction, it's a, it's a tough thing because we can get stuck in these vain pursuits. And it's just a small distraction, and I'm working towards this thing, but, but as I get closer to that destination, I, I look back and I start to realize, and if anybody is anything like me, I start to realize, you know what, there's, there's been some things that have been lacking in my life. There have been some basics that I've just strayed away from, and, and, and I might not be doing anything too crazy, but I just realize that the time that I have is being devoted to created things rather than the creator. And it's small distractions and it's small deceits that start leading us 
down a path that we don't even realize how we truly got there. And with this distraction, you know, it's, it's like Pastor Kyle was talking about just a few weeks ago as we were in a sermon series about the Ten Commandments and he was talking about coveting and it, this is just something that simply takes our desires and attentions and even affections and it places it on a created thing rather than the creator. And it doesn't allow us to find contentment with where we're at. And it says, you'll be happier if you could just get more. If you could just have that. And this is something that is dangerous because it starts leading us down this path of taking our focus from our relationship with God and shifting the focus to us, to our problems, to our lives. You know, and the, the second distraction that I feel like the Lord's even just been highlighting to me is, is that nobody has to know. The distraction of nobody has to know, like what's going on, and this is something that's just a, a cover-up. Like don't tell people, just a cover-up. And, and I, I think, you know, at times that, you know, it could be something as simple and as easy as like, you know what, it's just, uh, you know, it's just company resources, you know, like I'm just going to, Nobody, nobody even uses these things or even knows about them. Like, I'm just gonna take this for myself. Nobody will even notice. Like, it's just something small, but, but I'm, gonna, I'm gonna take some resources. Or you know what? Maybe it's just company time or time away from the family. It's just a little bit of time. It, it, it can't really hurt anybody. It's just a little bit. And, and I feel like at times we can get stuck in these things of if it's, if it's out of sight and out of mind, then it doesn't really matter, right? And... Sometimes it can be like, you know what, what I'm, what I'm doing behind closed doors and the things that I'm allowing into my life and the things that I'm, I'm scrolling and that I'm, I'm viewing, like nobody has to know. It's just me here. Like they don't need to know how I act behind closed doors. Like nobody has to know. And so many times we can get caught up in all of these distractions that before we know it, it's starting to take away from the trust of our relationships and the affection and attention of our devotion to the Lord, it's just starting to sway them a little bit. And I remember when I was, when I was young, I was about seven years old, give or take. I had a couple cousins over. One of them was a year older than me. One was a year younger than me. And we decided, decided that we're going to go create an adventure in the bedroom, closing the door. Nobody else is allowed in. And what we did is we proceeded to break this bifolding closet door. How many know on the track it folds in? You know what I'm talking about? Those old school doors. It reminds me of when I was a little kid. And we broke the door off the track. And we were like, well, since it's broken, let's make it a ramp. And the shelf that's on top, like where we store jeans and the sweaters and the things you don't really wear, but you think one day you're going to wear it. Uh, we were like, let's lean it up there. So we climbed up on the dresser. We proceeded to like push ourselves up the ramp and get on the, so what happens is all of a sudden the parents come in, the door comes flying open and they're like, what are you doing? And we're like, this is the moment of truth, right? What are we doing? What are we gonna say? How are we gonna react? And my cousin is on all fours on the shelf. Like if I just freeze, maybe they won't notice that I'm here. I'm standing on the dresser. If I just don't say anything and address them, maybe they won't notice. But my other cousin got forgotten in the process because we were pushing him up. He got forgotten about, and I kid you, I'm not making this up. He got caught on the hanger. He got caught in the hanger. He's suspended in the air, like feet dangling. They come in, what are you doing? And he's like, just hanging out. And we're like, oh my gosh, we couldn't make this up. But 
in that moment, we were trying to cover up what we knew was gonna get us in trouble. We were trying to cover up something that we knew wasn't quite right, and quite frankly, we looked ridiculous, you know? On the shelf, on the dresser, hanging from a hanger. Like, how do you do this stuff? But I, I kind of thought to myself, and I'm like, how, maybe this is how ridiculous sometimes I look in the presence of God. When he's just like, Aaron, how are you doing? Like, what are you doing? What are you up to? And, and at times, I can try and cover up, well, well, God, like my heart's right, but I know that I haven't maybe had spent the time that I should with you. Or maybe I haven't spent the time that I should in worship and in prayer. And, and maybe it's something even just as simple as, you know what, there was a problem, there was a situation going on. So I went to, I went to them, I went to, to my wife first, and I was asking her, what do you think? And I'm seeking godly counsel, right? But, but in the moment of him saying, let's get back to the basics, like bring your problems to me first, Rather than going to these people and those people and getting their opinion and seeing what they think, like, yes, there is good things in godly counsel and getting wisdom, and at the same time, some of the basics of just saying, God, you're my provider and you're more than enough. Of how do I get back to the basics of, you know what, Jesus is more than enough. How do I get back to some of these basics? And, and I feel like, you know, very, quite frankly, like, just to, to bring you in on a little bit of, of what I feel like the Lord is, is speaking to me is, um, and this is the way he speaks to me and, and, and gets my attention, but, but I remember very clearly that the Lord was just kind of asking, or the Holy Spirit was prompting my heart and was like, when did Jesus stop being enough? Whew. That was a, a question that I needed to hear. And just like a dagger to the heart, like is the things that are distracting your attention and the good things that maybe you're doing and pursuing, like, but, but when did Jesus stop being enough? Like, can we get back to the basics of if I could just get more of Jesus? Like, nobody has to know how much time I spent with the Lord because he's fighting my battles for me. But as we, we go through these seasons and times, it can be easy to fall into some of the distractions it could be easy to say, you know what, like I've just spending, I've been spending a little bit lately, some time out on the golf course, and, and all of a sudden it can come to, you know what, like I've been golfing more than I've been spending time with my wife. Like maybe I just needed to take a step back and get back to some of the basics where family and faith are my priority, where it's God, my spouse, and then these other things come along. But how do we get back to basics? And if you're taking notes, I mean, I, I just want to share two things with us, and they're very simple, they're very plain, but again, it wouldn't be, the Lord wouldn't be asking me to get back to basics if I had it down, and if it was like easy to just do day in, day out, but at times I get distracted. And the two things that I feel like the Lord is just speaking, that if, if we would keep these simple and clear in front of us, and just determine, I'm not going to sway. And I'm not going to compromise and I'm not going to grow complacent or stagnant in these areas. If I would just determine some of these things, I could get back to basics, but I could stay there. And they would make a, a huge difference in our lives. They would make a, a tremendous difference in our communities. They would make a tremendous difference in our families. And the first thing would be this. Love God. Very simple. I know, very profound, right? It's very challenging, like love God. And we know these things, right? We know these things. 
And at times we can just say, you know what, I'm just gonna go to church because I know what to expect, but I get away from some of the things of like, God, how can I prepare myself before I go into worship? How can I prepare myself before I receive the message? And the first thing, love God. We're going back to our main text in Matthew chapter 22, but we're gonna read verses 37 and 38. And it says this again, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Jesus is saying, let's just keep it simple. Let's keep it very simple because I'm a simple guy and I need it that way sometimes. (laughs) Let's just keep it simple. Love God with everything that you have. And, and as he was pressing these things into my heart, he was just saying, like, there's, there's all of these other things that you could pursue, but, but if you keep the main thing the main thing, these other things will follow. That if you keep the main thing the main thing, if you stay connected here with me, that the rest of these things will fall into place. Out of the overflow of your love for me, these other things will take care of themselves. And I want to take us to a couple examples in Scripture. In Matthew chapter 21, verses 12 and 13, it says this, that Jesus entered the temple courts and he drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables. Now that sounds like a lot of fun. I would like to do that one time. But he overturned all the tables uh, of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, My house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of thieves. And even some versions will say a den of robbers. And and as he's going through this, he's saying like, you've taken some of these side things and and you're trying to benefit off of other people, but, but if you would just return back to your first love of loving God, if you would make God the most and the first priority in your life, then all of these things will take care of themselves. You won't have to necessarily think because the overflow of your love will cause you to fall into alignment with his plan, with his will for your life. And what he's saying here is you kind of need to return back to this first love for God. Love God. And another passage of scripture where Jesus is is talking and speaking to people is in Matthew 15, verses three through nine. And it says this, that Jesus replied, and why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father and mother is to be put to death. Okay, that's not a real thing anymore. (laughs) You don't have to worry about that. Uh, But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is devoted to God, they are not to honor their father or mother with it. Thus, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites, I'm not talking to you guys, I'm just reading. Uh, You hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. And this passage of scripture is is something that it's, it's scary to me because I don't ever want to just honor God with my lips, to honor him with my words and just say the right things, but my heart be far from him. And I feel like Jesus is like screaming at the top of his lungs, just get back to the basics. Like just love God. 
if you would just love God from the overflow of that love, these things will take care of themselves. From the overflow of your relationship with the Father, these things will start to take care of themselves. And the second thing, if you're taking notes, would simply be this, to love people. I know, guys, real complex. I know you're gonna go home and be like chewing on this for weeks, right? But love God and love people. Most of us have heard this type of phrase or saying before, but Jesus is just simply reminding, it's time to get back to the basics. That if you love God, if you love people, that things will, all of the other commandments hang on this. Look at Matthew 22, verses 39 and 40. It says, and the second is like it, Jesus is saying. Love your neighbor. Look at the person that came with you and say, you gotta love me. Say it to him again, come on. You gotta love me if you love your neighbor as yourself. That all the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. Jesus is just simply saying that, yes, there are, there are things that come up. There are distractions that arise. But don't stop placing value on the people around you. For the sake of some of the distractions that so easily come in, if I could just, or nobody has to know that if we love God and love people, in Luke chapter 10, verses 30 through 35, it reads like this. And somebody's asking Jesus, like, who is my neighbor? Trying to like stumble him up, trip him up. And it says that in reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, they beat him, and they went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw the man, he passed by on the other side. Now, I know this seems kind of like, what in the world is going on here? They're just passing him by. But in this time, it would have made sense, because if the priest would stop, he would make himself unclean. And if he would help this man, he would make himself unclean. And then the priest wouldn't be able to offer sacrifices for maybe the city or, or even the nation. He, he wouldn't be able to offer sacrifices because he was defiled. Because he was unclean to be able to go into the presence of God. And, and that, would, that would last for days. So like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. The priest kept going because why would he just help one when he can offer sacrifices and help cover over the sins for all of the people? Why would he do that? So they're like, okay, yeah, we're tracking with you. The Levite, the same thing. I can't help in the temple if I'm unclean, so I have to pass by on the other side. So they would have understood that, yeah, they can't, they can't do that. But I love what happens next because Jesus throws this in there at 33. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, when he came where the man was and when he saw him, he took pity on him. And this phrase would be compassion, that he was moved to action. He couldn't not respond. He had to do something about it. He took pity on him. And Samaritans and the Jewish people did not interact with each other. They, they just, it wasn't something that they did. It was something that could potentially even make unclean and all these things. So they're, they're like, we wouldn't interact with them. So it was outrageous that all of a sudden this Samaritan is coming to help this man. And it says that he went to him and he bandaged his wounds pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, 
which would have been, uh, for a day laborer, it would have been two days wages. He took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, and he said, look after him. He said, when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. What happens here is that Jesus is simply saying, and, and guys, I'm just bringing you into my own devotional time. I'm just kind of inviting you in to see what the Lord's just been dealing with me on, what the Lord's been doing to get me back to the basics, to just continue to get back to the things that are gonna bring me closest to God and closest to the people around me. And, and he's simply saying that your neighbor isn't just the person that lives next door, the one that's hard to love because they got the dog that barks like at everything. You know, I'm, me and my wife, we're those people because our dog is just crazy. But it, that's, just, that's not your neighbor, not just that person there that's, that's tough to love because they're loud and sometimes obnoxious. But, but your neighbor is anyone you come across. And guys, I, I, can't, I can't help but be grateful that the Lord would consider me enough to say, hey, I just want to help you get back to the basics so that you can get some of these things realigned and refocused. And if you would, if you would just shift them ever so slightly, it'd have a profound impact on your life, on your family's life, on your community's life. And I think that the Lord is very simply just inviting us to go deeper. That it can be easy at times to say, yeah, I know, love God, love people, two greatest commandments, like, I get it, you know, I know those things, but, but even challenging me to say, hey, let's get back to the basics of when you used to come in and say, God, I know that I've read this scripture a thousand times, but if there's anything else you can reveal to me, I want it all. Like, God, I know that, that this isn't my favorite song to worship to, but I know that you're still good, so I'm gonna give you my best anyway. What are you speaking to my heart? And, and even very practically and simply, I'm driving on the side of the road. I see somebody. Do I stop and help them like I used to? Or do I just keep going and not even give it a second thought? Man, the convictions that the Lord, I feel like, is calling me and calling us to get back to is just simply the basics. How do I get back to the thing that, that makes him the first priority and everything else is the overflow from there? You know, church, we simply have to fall in love with Jesus all over again. We have to remember our first love because he first loved us. We may not be eloquent with words or great at expressing our thoughts, but he knows your thoughts. He knows your ways. He's from the beginning, the ancient of days. So let's give glory to our king. Let's lift high the name. Let's lift him a shout and let's take time to get back to the basics. Church, I'm very simply convicted of Jesus. If, if I want to see revival in my city, if I want to see revival in my youth group or in my, in my community or in my school, I know that it has to start in my heart. I know that God, if, if we want to see the miracles and signs and wonders, the supernatural acts that you desire to perform and to do among your people and to bring children back to the kingdom of God, sons and daughters that are lost, that I know it has to start here first. If I don't get this right, I can't get this right. 
And it's very simply a call back to basics. Would you pray with me, church? This morning, if you're in here and you're, you're like, you know what, I, I, I hear what you're saying and I maybe even feel like the Lord is stirring something inside of me, but, but I don't even have a relationship with Jesus. My relationship with Jesus is not right. And I need to accept him as my Lord, my Savior. If that's you here in this place and you're like, I, I want to get some things right, but I, I first need to respond to him, and this is for you. So if you're in the building and you say, I need to give my life to Jesus, now is the time, now is the moment. I feel him calling. I just simply want you to slip your hand up in the air wherever you're at. One, two, three. If that's you, raise your hand in the building so we know who we're calling, who we're talking to, who we're praying with in this moment. There's hands going up. It's an incredible decision decision that we could make for Jesus. One of the best decisions, the best decision that we could ever make. And if that's you, I just simply want you to repeat this prayer in your heart after me. Just say, Lord, I thank you for who you are. And Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. He died on the cross for my sins. He was buried in a tomb and he rose again in three days, and I believe. So come into my heart, change my life, show me how to live. My life is yours, in Jesus' name. And as we continue praying in this moment, if you're in this place and you're like, you know what, I, I feel the Lord stirring me and prompting me and calling me to return to the basics. And there are some things that, that I've had some of those, like nobody has to know moments. And I've had some of those if I could just moments and it's distracted me and it's swaying me. But I know I need to get back to basics. If, if that's you in this place and you're like, when you pray, I want you to pray with me and for me to get back to the basics. I just want you to simply slip your hand up in the air so we know who we're praying with to say, God, I, I, I just want you. I, I just want more of you. I wanna get this right so that I can love people and love the world around me and be an example for Christ. Father, you see the hands, you know the hearts all too well. And Father, we just surrender to you in this moment. We declare that we will be a people that gets back to the basics, that gets into your word, that worships, that prays, that has relationship with you and loves the world around us in a good way and, and, and that we could do it and do it well. So Father, we ask that you would come into our hearts, that you would show us how to be a light in our community, in our families, and to those around us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.